Life is all about balance, and finding your financial zen starts with getting real, even if it's not what you want to hear. Welcome to The Balancing Act. I'm Christy Hanks. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we're going to be talking about both sides of inheritance. We're going to kind of go over the giving and the receiving side of that and some of the common things that are really good and exciting about being able to give an inheritance and receive an inheritance and some of the uglier truths. So I've got Frank here with me today and he has a lot of experience in this subject and he's going to be kind of taking the reins here for a little while and chatting with you guys about those different aspects, the pros and cons of inheritance on both sides, on the giving and the receiving end. So I'm going to turn it over to Frank. Frank? Hello. Thank you, Christy. I appreciate the, the intro. Really, I think that after about 30 years of, of experience in raising a family with five children, you know, coming from a family of, of four children, I uh, have brothers and sisters. Actually, I'm, I'm pretty much the only one left. And, and the inheritance side, I've kind of seen it from you know both sides as being one that would inherit and one that will be leaving an inheritance, hopefully, at, at some point. And, you know, we've all heard the, the biblical story of the prodigal son, you know, kind of wanting his inheritance up front. You know, we have some kids like that. Maybe they want to go ahead and kind of live on mom and dad a little longer than they should, but... We won't get into that part today, but that will be another topic. Inheritance, really what we're, we're thinking about really is, is what's left over when we're done. You know, mom and I are going to do and, and take care of each other as long as we can. And we're going to do so with as much dignity as possible, and that takes money. So we're going to be spending down as much as we, we can or as much as we need to. But you know, some people just pass away. They don't linger. And they do have an estate. And that estate is something that we're kind of interested in, in delving into a little bit today on, on, from both sides, both the ones that are leaving it, and again, the ones that are receiving potentially. So let's talk about it from the one that has actually accumulated the inheritance. We'll call it me. It makes it a lot easier. Now, how would I do that? Would I do it through beneficiary designations, wills, trusts? And, and those are some things that you have to be aware of. Uh, beneficiary designations are really dominant. They're the cleanest way to leave assets, in, in my opinion. And beneficiary designations are dominant whenever you start talking about products like life insurance, annuities, beneficiary designations on IRAs, retirement accounts. You can have a TOD, which is like a beneficiary at the banks, on bank accounts and other types of brokerage accounts, or a POD. And those two stand for transfer on death and payable on death. And it really bypasses the will or probate. So it's very clean. You can leave percentages the same as you can in any other type of a will or beneficiary designation. So these are, these are pretty interesting ways to avoid a great deal of legal wrangling upon death. The, the second part of it is, is the part that I consider more so than, than how they get it, is who's getting it. You know, we have two types of people, those that can handle money and those that can't. You know, I'm thinking about family members. You know, if I'm going to leave someone in the family other than a child or a grandchild, let's say it's a brother, sister, uncle, aunt, 
you know, maybe somebody that would, would be in need, less fortunate, a special needs person, a grandmother, you know, whatever, whoever is special in your life outside of maybe your children and grandchildren. Now, in my case, I'd really be looking at my children. And with five of them, I can tell you I definitely have some of both, the, the, those that can handle money and those that cannot. I don't think that I would be giving them a leg up to those that uh, don't know how to really manage money correctly. And it's not that we didn't teach them and didn't lay a great road for them to follow. But it's just sometimes they don't pick it up. And that's it's unfortunate. But let's say that I ended up leaving them some money. How would it be best for me to do that? Because, you know, that, that car that I won't buy, I promise you those kids will buy it. That trip I won't take, they'll take it. So maybe what I'll do is develop a trust, a special needs trust. I'll leave it in that special needs trust. I'll leave someone else to be the trustee of that trust. Maybe even a corporate trustee like a bank. Banks have trust departments. And maybe I should write something in that trust that says, so long as they give me a 1099 or a W-2 of wages that they've earned throughout the year, meaning I want them to continue working, they're not going to be a trust fund baby. And that the trust would then be willing to give them equal income to what they earned. You know, there's a lot of ways that you can help somebody have a better life versus handing them a chunk, a lump sum, and somehow they find all kinds of new friends. And then they get introduced to new friends even more than you can imagine that will help them spend that money. I have, I have several stories I can tell you. They're all tragic, so I'll... I'll skip them, but I'll move on to the children that can manage money, the ones that really like to, the, the process of, of being frugal and working hard and, you know, saving for retirement and, and, and potentially leaving, you know, an heir, something uh, when they pass. So here we, we talk about the kids that are successful. Number one, they don't want your IRAs. You know, they would rather not get something that's taxable because they're workers. They're already in a high tax bracket. The last thing they want to do is inherit somebody's IRA. The second thing is, is that they're looking to take this and be as efficient as possible with how they receive the money, whether there's a step up in cost basis or not, or whether there's income taxes or the potential thereof. You know, these people need the complete flexibility to make the moves that benefit them the most, and they'll know what that is. More than likely, they will have uh, CPAs and financial planners in their lives already. So you don't really have to worry about those that can handle money. Just give them a free reign. I promise they're going to do fine. I've seen it in action. After 30-some years in the financial services industry, there's very little I haven't seen. The other danger is, is leaving it to... A minor. If you leave it to grandchildren, make sure that there's a good trustee in place. Grandchildren have no business at 18 inheriting a, a large sum of money. You could potentially destroy their lives forever. So make sure that it's very controlled all the way through school. And I've seen a lot of success from some of my clients and even, even in my own will. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to leave it where whenever they get to age 25, they get 25%. Age 30, they get 30, they get 25%. Age 35, they, and so on. They get this in five-year increments where they have complete control of 25% of their inheritance. So by the time that they reach, you know, 35, 40 years old, they're going to know what money's all about. 
because if they blew through that first 25%, I promise you they're going to look at the second 25% a little bit different. Money that you never had to earn is easier to spend than anything else. promise you that. You know, the next, the next thing is, is, you know, we, we want to be very careful with, you know, the kind of inheritance that we leave whenever it comes to properties. A lot of, a lot of people have, let's, let's take one client of mine, has 242 rental properties. And he had them in 13 different corporations. And he had, you know, all types of different entanglements with financing and so on and so forth. And when he left it, there was five different children inheriting the kids. And, and let me tell you what happened real quick. Half of them wanted to continue to keep the income stream coming, and the other half said, sell them all and give me the money. And they didn't have one person listed as uh, the decision maker or the executor or executrix or trustee. They just made them all equal which was the same as creating a five-headed monster. And they all had five wives or husbands. And after that, you can see you know, the, the potential danger. So understand the type of people that you're going to leave money to, the type of assets that you're going to leave to them, and how they're going to potentially you know, wade through that. Uh, the other side of it is uh, if you're the one that's inheriting you know, the asset. Number one, you know, I would just be very humble, very grateful that you've been thought of in this way. And number two, again, take that that asset and maintain it for your benefit long term. Don't let it be a short, short-sighted thought pattern to that this money was kind of free. I can go and do and spend and blow and go. And again, that that may be what you want to do. And it's probably going to come to your mind that all the things that you, you haven't been able to do, you'd want to go do. But let me just uh, encourage you to guard yourself against doing something like that. Keep this money invested. Find a good way to honor those that left it to you. And I think that you will find that it'll pay dividends throughout the rest of your life. Well, guys, and I, and I think that this will give you a little bit to get started on, especially in the planning process. And I guess to close on, on a real positive note, because it's, some of this maybe kind of sounds kind of hard to to deal with, especially thinking of you know somebody passing away and leaving their you know legacy. I'll tell you there was there was a gentleman that I had the pleasure of working with for many years, and he decided that he would leave it to his daughter and, and his son. He wasn't real sure how they would do with it, but nonetheless he left it to them. No strings attached. The son has done extremely well. He works at a, a place in Idaho. Matter of fact, he's the director for the outdoor recreation for little kids sports the daughter went to work for a company right out of college both of them left their money here invested and their, their dad had done real well the daughter went to work went to work in the um, in the winery business and she uh, worked at several uh, resorts and she learned and I guess it was about three days ago she gave us a call and said she was ready for her dream job. And I never knew what her dream job was because this young lady had traveled and gone and done and really had never delved into her dad's inheritance, never really talked much about it. But she said, hey, I found a bed and breakfast on the East Coast that is in the middle of wine country. And she said, it's four bedroom, four bath. She said, I can buy it for about $250,000. And I know that my dad would just be elated to see me start my own business. 
So she's going to do that. Also, she decided not to pay cash. She decided that she was going to do some financing, and she had all kinds of dreams. You know, I was so excited to to see that that legacy was going to, to continue positively. So anyway, guys, don't worry about those that can handle money and those that can't. Most of them can. So let's be positive, live a good life, have fun, and let's plan to uh, do the best we can. Take care. That's it for this episode of The Balancing Act. Remember, living below your means in the good times is the best way to survive the bad times. I'm Christy Hayes, and as always, thanks for listening. The information contained herein is provided solely for informational and educational purposes, reflects only a summary of the topics covered, and should not be construed as the provision of personalized investment advice or the making of any investment recommendation. Rather, the content simply reflect the opinions and views of the speakers, which are subject to change without notice. There is no guarantee that the views and opinions expressed herein will come to pass. Listeners should conduct their own independent investigation into the topics covered and should consult their professional, financial, legal, and tax advisors before taking action on any of the content contained in the podcast. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of amounts invested. 